0: And welcome to another episode of the Your Story, Our Fight podcast from Lupus LA, and thanks to our sponsors over at GSK. Today, we're going to have a little bit of a different conversation. I'm, I'm going to introduce you to my guest, Andrea Gershwin, and Andrea has, I think, a really helpful and inspirational story about her early diagnosis. And uh, Andrea, you were diagnosed 25 years ago, so um, I think hopefully things have have improved since your diagnosis, but I think your story really sheds some light on what a lot of people struggle with. So welcome to the podcast. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thanks, Adam. Good to be here.
0: Excellent. So, so we were talking beforehand and I know, so you were diagnosed 25 years ago, um, yes. but you really, uh, well, I'll let you tell it, but you really have an interesting sort of path Toward getting your diagnosis. So, why don't you sort of walk us
1: through it a little bit? Yeah, it was a little, well, between 20, 25 years ago, I was living in New York. I'm in Los Angeles now. And um, I just didn't feel well. And I went to my internist and he said, you know, maybe you have a, a, the flu. And of course, it I didn't get over it like I would the flu. I had, fevers and a butterfly rash and uh, some joint pain. And uh, I went back to my internist who said, can't find anything wrong. Um, He, my internist, yes, he did take blood work and it came out just fine. Uh, So I went to another doctor. Then I went to an immunologist who said, um, can't find anything but you might have in the future an autoimmune disease i wasn't sure what that meant in the future since i wasn't feeling well that day but um so i would probably in new york went to six doctors totally who told me what kept you
0: i what kept you um pursuing it. I mean, obviously your symptoms kept you for, kept pursuing it, but I think that takes a lot of mental fortitude to, to say, okay, all these doctors are wrong essentially.
1: Yeah. I mean, I did. And, but on top of the symptoms, I started researching and I started reading and I did come up with, I think I have lupus with all my symptoms, putting it together with my uh, reading research. And I did say to one or two doctors, I think it might be lupus. And they said, no, it's not because the blood work doesn't show it. And at the time, you know, there were, I think, 11 criteria. Mm-hmm. I had a meet and I didn't. Um, and then I went to LA. I mean, I moved to LA and I started the whole process again, going to doctors. Uh, until I finally was referred to a rheumatologist uh, who had an excellent reputation. And he did a whole bunch of blood work. And when I came back, he said, well, you have lupus, but the good news is you're going to die of old age. And um, as strange as it may sound, I was so relieved. I was almost happy. Um, because the struggle to get the diagnosis was very, very hard. I mean, it was hard for me, but it was also hard with my family. When I say hard, um, I had a lot of difficulty getting people in my family to believe me. Um, They thought it was all in my head, um, and I just didn't get... uh, enough support on some level it was a journey i really took myself even though i have basically a very good support system but mm-hmm. going through this it was it wasn't there
0: yeah i mean i think there's a there's a a stigma associated with the you look good. I don't, you know, your symptoms could be all in your head, that kind of thing. You also have, are going through, I'm assuming you're training, you're a psychiatric social worker. So at the same time, everybody is telling you it's in your head and all these doctors are saying you don't have what you think you have. Um, How are you sort of relating what you're learning, you know, in your training and your work to what these medical doctors are telling you?
1: Right. Um, i didn't really ever doubt doubt that there was something um, medical going on. I I knew it wasn't in my, all my head, but I I did have to question. Well, was I depressed? Um, I've never been uh, you know had any psychosomatic you know tendencies. Um, so I didn't really question myself, although there were times I thought, well, could this be depression? Because I was going through a lot of changes in my life as far as, you know, one job to another and thinking of moving to Los Angeles. So there were a lot of changes, but I never really questioned if there was something wrong. Um it's really hard as a, um, you know, mental health provider or therapist to, you know, you can't think, well, I know it all. Therefore I can't get, you know, I can't get depressed or I can't get anxious. Um, But that was, that was minimal. I didn't really question myself. Um, I, I think all in all, what I went through helped me, you know, in my work, it mm-hmm. just made me even that much more compassionate or um, empathetic.
0: So, if you had a, a client now or a patient that was sort of going through a similar issue, what's your sort of advice to people who it, that they have that nagging voice in the back of their head that's saying there is something wrong and nobody's seeing me and nobody's hearing me? What do you recommend other than other than being persistent?
1: I would say be persistent and I think um, you have to really trust trust yourself um, because in with lupus especially and perhaps you know other illnesses um, you know you may not get a diagnosis right away but it will come it will come and, and don't give up and and do your research. Um, you know you can, you can research yourself, and support groups are wonderful. Um, therapy, of course, you know if you can, and there's mm-hmm. all kinds of therapy. You know, there's you know free, you know, no cost or online. But that's really important. But it, the more support you can get, the better.
0: Mm-hmm. I think I also want to illustrate how how difficult this got. Cause I know you have a story about a pulmonologist that you went to see and I'll let you share It's, it's uh We won't name names, but it is a um, shocking story. So I'll let you tell that one.
1: Uh, it's a doctor in LA who was my primary care uh, physician, although he was a pulmonologist, although I didn't really have you know, lung issues associated with the lupus. Um, and I probably went to him three Three times, and the third time, uh, I uh, repeated that I really think I have lupus. And uh, in the examining room, and he said, "You don't have lupus." I said, "I've done a lot of research, and I have these symptoms." And he opened the door to the examining room, and he said, "You don't have lupus. Get out." And he opened the door, so I would leave. And I was in shock. I was in shock. I mean, he could have said, you don't have lupus, but to throw me out of his office was uh, you yeah, know, unbelievable. And it was only a few weeks later that I did see this rheumatologist who gave me the diagnosis. And I wound up, I think, writing the other doctor a letter which he probably either okay. didn't read or tore up. <laughs> But that well, is well maybe he's listening story.
0: maybe he's listening to this I and, hope so. uh, he's learned he's I, learned some lessons because I hope so
1: I, I mean yeah. I didn't know that even existed that kind of behavior but, um, yeah.
0: but it, I think that it, it illustrates how how resilient you had to be and how persistent um, you had to be so I you know I, I really give you a lot of credit. I think that's really powerful. Um, and I think it's inspirational to the people who listen to this podcast, because I know a lot of them either have struggled with their diagnosis story or um, are, are listening and saying, you know what, that, that rings true for me too. And I, I, so I appreciate you sharing that. We're going to take a quick break. Um, we're going to get some messages from Lupus LA, and we're going to come back and we're going to talk family, um, because I think that's a really other aspect uh, to your story that people are going to want to hear. So uh, we'll be right back.
1: Lupus LA provides financial grants for lupus patients in the greater Los Angeles area, up to $500 per calendar year, to cover costs for everything from electric bills, medical copays, medication costs, and more. Please contact our staff for further information.
0: Welcome back to the Your Story, Our Fight podcast. We're talking to Andrea Gershwin um, about her, her journey to get diagnosed with lupus. And I, I should say, too, that you're um, since finding out you had lupus, you've done really, really well. And um, I, I think that's also um, a really great story, finding the right treatment and 25 years later, you know, you're in great shape. So I think that's, that's really helpful. But, but I know one of the real challenges you had was not only the physicians uh, and you mentioned it a little bit before, but you had some real struggles with your family. And I wondered if you could share kind of how, how bad that got and how, how that made you feel and and what you, what you were able to do to resolve it.
1: It started out again, when I was in New York and, um, very, very close family members. did think after a while it was all in my head um, and that because maybe as you said earlier maybe I didn't look sick and I could still go to work or you know spend time with family and friends that it couldn't be that bad and it you know it was all in my head. Um, it made me feel awful Um, because I was, I was never the kind of person to, uh, you know, feign illness, I didn't get sick that much as a a child or a teenager. Um, And one very close uh, family member, I don't want to mention names in case they watch (laughs) this. (laughs) Um, And i by the way, also, I mentioned it, Oh, a couple of months ago, and they didn't even remember this, but right. they said, they said to me that, or they asked me, do I think I want to die? Is that really what's going on? And it was unbelievable because I've never, never been like that. I mean, I've never been that depressed or anxious or it's, I mean, absurd to you know, and I don't know how not feeling well would translate into wanting to die, but it was a few family members who just withdrew their support, and it was it was actually devastating. It really mm-hmm. was. And um, moving to Los Angeles, it was sort of not being around you know these people that much, and I felt much freer, mm-hmm. much freer to, you know, talk with people, you know, friends in LA, family in LA. And then when I got the um, diagnosis, uh, I, I can't say that my, my family were, hist- you know, ecstatic. In other words, saying, right. um, I'm so glad you got a diagnosis, nor did they express a lot of sadness that, hmm. I, that I had lupus. Uh, so that was it was, was a very. Yeah.
0: Was there any acknowledgement on their part that, hey, we really we apologize. We, you know, didn't didn't realize that this was this serious or anything like that.
1: No, no, there wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so just something, you know, you decide to just move on, you know, just let go of it because it wouldn't, you know, and it actually you know, it didn't matter. You know, what mattered is that, you know, I was correct and, you know, I, I was persistent. And uh, once that happened, things got much better all around.
0: And do you think that, I think what's interesting is the, the sort of very thin line between illness and mental health, diagnosis or, or, or not even diagnosis, but people thinking it's a mental health issue. And we Mm -hmm. hear that a lot in the lupus community that they're Mm -hmm. told you're crazy, you're depressed, you're, you know, you're making it up. And I think, and I'm assuming that, and you're the expert, but I'm assuming that there is sort of this fine line between if enough people tell you that what you're feeling is not what you're feeling, Mm -hmm. that that can also be pretty depressing and, and isolating. Yes. Um, you know, and I think that's where you, did you feel like one was pushing you to the other in, in a sense, or you always had this conviction that you're not depressed. This is a real thing. And, you know, right.
1: I, I always had the conviction, but what was very helpful is, uh, I think it was right after I had the, got the diagnosis, I started seeing a therapist, um, who Uh, sees a lot of lupus patients and autoimmune uh, patients. And, you know, that was just incredible because I really got the support, but also from somebody who had so much knowledge. So it wasn't just, you know, my doctor and some medication I was put on, but that I had this other support. And from that point on, anybody in my life that I told I had lupus, of course, there was never a, a question. You know.
0: mm-hmm.
1: Just right. once you know. had
0: once you had the actual diagnosis, it's like getting right. the, it's, it's like getting the blue check at Twitter. You know, you're verified. Right. I know. Right? <laughs> I, know. Um, I know. Yeah. But I, I assume now, the, you know, having these years have passed that relationship with your family since it wasn't ever a cut off kind of situation. Are they now part of your support system?
1: Well, they are in general, but I can't say that anybody really makes a big deal about the lupus. Now, there there is one or two, one or two people who will say, uh, "Like I don't think you should travel." This was before, right before the pandemic. Um, you know, would say to me, "I don't think you should travel because I, it's with your lupus, it's not safe." But the majority of my family really don't even talk about it or ask about it. And, you know, I don't want to go into psychological (laughs) reasons, but um, they just don't. You know, and I don't I don't talk about it. I mean, and thank God, you know, it's it's not uh, my symptoms aren't severe right now.
0: Do you still do you feel then that there still is some lingering isolation with the disease?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and what's surprising to me, maybe because I always um, look into things, research things, try to find out as much as I can in general about different issues, um, it's surprising to me that people don't, especially with somebody like me who, let's say, was close, very close, um, didn't want to find out more. Um I don't think they know that much about it. Um, and that's, that's surprising just because of where I come from, as far as, you know, wanting to learn as much about different issues, especially if someone I loved, you know, was suffering. Right. With it. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Well, and look, I think being here and talking to me and, and doing this podcast, that's really a part of it. I mean, I think that's part of um, your journey but i'm i really believe that it can help lots of other people on their journey so so before we wrap up just give me sort of your best advice for people who may be struggling with their family around their diagnosis and or or lack thereof diagnosis you know
1: i i would say even though it's very difficult try not to take it too personally if you're struggling with family and just be persistent and trust, trust yourself, you know, uh, read as much as you can, um, keep going, try to find the best doctors in the field and get support in the way of counseling, um, support groups, individual counseling. It's invaluable, invaluable, but don't give up, don't give up. And if you can, don't take it too personally. I know that's hard, but it helps. it helps. I
0: think that's great advice. I think that's great advice. And um, we're going to end it on that note. And I really appreciate you joining us, Andrea. I'm so thankful that you got the right diagnosis, got the right treatment and really uh, persisted because I think um, the alternative is, is certainly no fun. So right. thanks for joining us, Andrea. Appreciate
1: it. Uh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Adam.
0: On behalf of the entire team at Lupus LA, we thank you for joining the Your Story, Our Fight podcast. Please tune in, spread the word, and come back for more inspiring Lupus stories. I'm your host, Adam Selkowitz, wishing you good health, and to always remember, your story is our fight.